This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Terence Ford, of RedBlueArmy.co.uk, and along with Nick Philpott and Jack Watson, we are here to lube you up, ready for the shafting that City are probably going to give us on a Saturday. <laughs> along with a preview, opposition fan and predictions this week, we'll also be reviewing the much-needed 1-0 victory over Huddersfield in the League Cup, which saw the return of Mamadou Sakho and Pap Suarez first-team action. Before all of that, remember to head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yes, very professional guys there laughing in the intro. That's exactly what you should be doing. Um, Blame us. (laughs) I was going to come back with all the... It's going to be a wet weekend. Make sure you, you you cover up at the weekend and all that sort of... And I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I, I, I saw it in the notes and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to leave it alone. That's the voice of Mr. Nick Philpot there. Um, how are you, sir? I'm really well, buddy. How are you? Yes, good. And also in the background there making noise is Jack Watson. Hello. Yes, good evening. Um, <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I've seen the script, but I didn't read it properly. And yeah, you completely caught me off of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I changed it last minute. I often do that just to keep you guessing. Um, been a big week for Whole Radio this week with um, the infamous, I'm going to call it, Steve Parrish interview on Whole Radio on Sunday night where he spoke live to the team for two hours. Um, I assume both you guys have listened to this. Of course. Well, of course, Mr. Watson, we know you listened to it. You wrote about in the Independent, didn't you? You're like, you're the new Ben. Yeah, I think I listened to it about three or four times. I was quite sick of it by the end, actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, lovely piece in the Independent there. And we had, um, obviously, Daily Mirror not name-checking us, uh, which was um, nice of them. Uh, but obviously, double-page spread in the Evening Standard. So, well done, like to say, well done to Hambo and Gel. And uh, for pulling that together, I thought it was an excellent listen. Um, obviously, Palace fans are never content. <laughs> <laughs> and um some got some abuse you're very unfair guys you're very unfair they're not jeremy paxman they're two blokes who met in a pub and dr- drink beer and talk about football just get over it um 
It reached the number 25 in the sports podcast charts. That's that's pretty impressive. It was sandwiched between NHS Choices, NHS Strength and Flexibility, which I believe is hosted by Connor Wickham and James Tompkins. Sounds about <laughs> right. It's completely timely, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> and it was above BBC Radio 5 Live, 5 Live Sports Specials. So um, some good old coverage there. Uh, anything stand out particularly in the interview for you, Nick? Well, I'd like to also echo what you just said about the boys pulling that together. Uh, I listened to it live. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was the very fact that Steve Parrish himself was actually on our message boards looking at the messages as they were coming in absolutely live and responding to them. He deserves a lot of credit for it, a lot of kudos. I mean, how many other chairmen are you aware of uh, in any league, let alone just the Premier League, Okay, that was would be prepared to do what that guy did. You know, love him or loathe him, I think he needs to take an awful lot of credit and send it to the two guys, our two guys for the show. Great show. Yeah, I think it certainly took a lot of bravery on his behalf. Um, he probably backs himself to be able to handle a fan podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was very brave of him. Um, Jack, any particular points stand out for you? Yeah, no, he didn't have to do that. So yeah, again, fair play for him to take you know several hours out of his day to do that for us. Um, but I, I, I thought he was very honest, refreshing, and you know it was great to see that he you know did hold hold his hands up and say you know I have made a few mistakes. Um, but he also said he's got a lot of things right, and you know we've we've got to just kind of respect him for the work that he is doing. I thought it was quite um, quite special what he was saying when he was saying you know I only get the stick for the bad decisions, like you know give me a bit of credit for the good decisions, which you know parts of. Uh, Palace fan base do but not enough do so I think you know I think he was you know great to have him on and it was you know really really good listen if you still if you still haven't listened to it it's you know it's online go and listen to it you know it was great two hours yeah all normal podcast outlets and wholeradio.net will get you there um well it will get you there now on wholeradio.net because there was of course hack gates when as soon as we went live with Steve Parrish, someone hacked our website and took it down and just deleted it all. But um, thankfully, there's backups in the world of the internets now. But, um, you know, you'd like to think when something gets hacked, it's going to be a really, really complicated procedure. But um, I've been reliably informed that it's because we didn't change the password from admin. <laughs> <laughs> So change your passwords, people, otherwise your websites, websites get hacked. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back after a short jingle with the review of the Huddersfield game. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, so the test is, guys, last time we did a mini review of the Ipswich League Cup game, my one prerequisite to Samantha the Booker was that you both went to the game. Jack, I know you were there, right? You were in the press box. Yep. Yeah. Nick Philpott. I could bullshit my way through this quite easily. But no, I didn't. Ah! It was... It was no, no, it was nothing to do with Samantha. Yeah, one job, one job. Come on. I know. So I, was, I had a bloody meeting at Milton Keynes, and in the end, I ended up giving my ticket away, last knockings, and that's the only reason I couldn't go, because I'd already had a ticket for it. But I will say, it'll be fine. it's been a bit of a myth that Sellers Park is a difficult place to get to. But then I spoke to multiple people at half-time who arrived 20 minutes late because they couldn't get there in time for the game. I, I thought that was a myth, genuinely. No, yeah. it, I mean, if you come anywhere near uh, Salt and Eat or anything like that, not that I would do, but if you did, okay, it's, <laughs> a, not, it's a nightmare trying to get up there from... That's because you might run across DR if you're in Salt and Eat. <laughs> yeah, and it probably do my legs, get, get the boys <laughs> to, to do my legs. 
Well, OK, so um, we'll we'll focus a bit more on this then, Jack. Um, look, I know it was against championship opposition, effectively, in terms of Huddersfield's second string 11 in the main. I think it was eight changes they made from the team that faced us, that thrashed us 3-0 on the opening day. Yeah. But it was certainly much better, wasn't it? It was a lot better. Um, and it was almost like the players were playing with a bit more confidence. There was, some, there was less weight on their shoulders. And you could see that with some of the passing moves they look a bit more freer um they're just a bit, they looked a bit happier as well I know it's only a couple of games and we shouldn't really read too much into how the players were looking but it was just a much better performance and it was actually you know parts in the first half a really enjoyable game to watch which you know I don't know how many matches you could say that about Palace this season yeah we certainly playing some very slick one-touch passing moves in there uh looks very impressive um it was nice to see Speroni in goal and getting the captain's armband and keeping a clean sheet. I think that's our first clean sheet in seven games since we did keep a clean sheet against Hull, didn't we? We beat them 4-0 last home game of last season. So yeah. uh, it's been quite quite a while before that our goal hasn't been breached. And um, I think it bred a bit of confidence in the back four as well. Um, do you think we've stumbled across our back four there, Jack? Our best back four? Yeah, judging on um, last night, I don't know about... Kelly, you know, I think Ward is still probably a little bit better than him. Um, but Sacco and Tompkins yesterday were really good. Um, Sacco came in, it's like he'd, he'd never left, but I suppose he didn't really. Um, but he was organising the defence, his usual composed self. You know, him and him and uh, James Tompkins did look quite a good pairing. Um, and, you know, that's definitely something which we could you know, see a lot more going forwards because I thought they controlled the defence quite well. Um didn't have too many scares at the back and that's testament to you know the, the defending that they did mm, yeah I thought uh, Sacco and Tompkins were brilliant at the back end of last season when they played together and struck up an understanding immediately and I think Hodgson would have seen that last night as well that they were very comfortable together and complimented each other's game as well so I think going forward when everyone's fit I think there's a very good chance that that's going to be the two centre-backs like say with Kelly um, um, Hambo um, I was stood with Hambo at the game and uh, he made a joke about not being sure if he was happy that Martin Kelly was playing at right back or not like he he didn't know if he was making jokes when he was making sarcastic comments about him having a good game and he was very confused about who should be there and whether it's Wald or Kelly and um, I think Come January, it's going to be the area of the team that we will probably look to get someone in, along with a striker. But um, that and a goalkeeper. And <laughs> I don't, I don't think that will happen. Well, we've, we've got we've got Forsu Mensu who could come in. At, you know, he potentially play at right back. I know he did a little bit for Manchester United. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what he's like there at the moment. So, I mean, yeah. maybe not against City. That's quite a hard first game to play in a new position, but. Um, there's something we could see before January before we perhaps go and look at the transfer market. Yeah, I certainly think, well, yeah, that's that's a miss of me though. I've, I've gone off on a rant about a right-back and then we've got, yeah, we're playing Tompkins and Sacco at centre-back, then that does free Fossey Mensah up to play right-back. And I've I've not been overly convinced of him at centre-back. Um, he's got a lot of pace to get himself out of trouble. Um, I think at right-back, his qualities could be really, really good um, in... The way we're going to play, obviously, under Hodgson, which is you're going to have full backs overlapping every now and then, and he has the attributes to do that. So, and the pace to get himself out of trouble as and when. So, um, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I mean, when you when you pose the question, have we stumbled across that uh, back four? I thought, how can we not play Fossi Mensu in there somewhere? I agree. Good. Um, also, what was great about the game naturally was the return of Pat Suarez to first team action. Um, 
it's quite incredible really that the extent you only have to take the picture take a look at the pictures of his car and the state that was in uh, when he had that accident in september 2016 and for him to have a broken jaw and i believe it's like a snaps thigh bone wasn't it that's ridiculous imagine snapping your thigh bone and then being playing top level english football after that um Roy Hodgson said I was concerned about him in the first five or ten minutes because he was struggling a little bit with the pace and the intensity. But he got through that and made two very important challenges coming from left back into the centre. You've got to be cautious and patient with him, but he has done ever so well to get on the field at all. And we just have to keep him moving along now and get him some more game time and training into him so he comes back as the player he was before the horrific accident. But I'm delighted with him. It was a risk to play him against physically powerful team, but I threw him in at the deep end and he came out swimming, which is much you can ask for. Now, based on all of that, <laughs> um, it's only 70-year-old men that says, but he's done ever so well, right, Nick? Well, I think he's done ever so well. <laughs> <laughs> I was really delighted. Seriously, I was delighted for Pat. Um, I saw him... Um, he, do you remember that they, uh, the last manager had that open training session at Sellers Park? Yeah. And he got a fantastic response and he looked in physically great condition. And obviously, the, the only thing was he wasn't match fit. And I think the first five or 10 minutes last night proved that we've got to get minutes under his belt. Uh, and it's great to have him back. And it actually also creates another problem because obviously we've got the Van Arnholt. Uh, and Schlupp out on the left as well. So it'll it'll give the manager a good headache. Um, Jack, I think we carried Chung Yong Lee a bit in that game. I thought he was probably the only really weak link in the 90 minutes. A weak link's quite kind. Um, I thought (laughs) he was really, really bad last night. Um, (laughs) No, look, he's he's come and done a job with a few games, but I think last night, you know, he just showed that he's just, just not good enough for our team. Like he had so many few chances in the first half where he had a bit of space to run into and attack, sort of, you know, go direct on goal. And would rather than turn back or like, you know, not have the conviction to take defenders on and some of his passing in the second half was sloppy. You know, his runs weren't that good. He wasn't really helping his players. So it wasn't his best night in red and blue. Um, he had a bit of a stinker actually. Yes, agreed. And um the last point I think we're touching, Bakary Sacco obviously got the goal and played up front um, with, I'd probably say Chungi was supposed to be in behind him, but I think it sort of became a 4-4-2 at points as well. Um, can Bakary Sacco be the answer to our striker crisis? Um, I think what you've got with Bakary Sacco is he's, he's going to be our only choice as a backup. Um, now, uh, there may be the odd occasion when the manager actually wants to play two up front. Can you imagine Benteke and Sacco playing side by side? Two great beasts of men. Um, he's a backup, and that's what he is. And I think he's happy to play in that position. I don't. I thought he had an interesting game. He, he was definitely up for it. You could tell that he wanted to impress. Um, and obviously, if you can get his left foot in a shooting position of any kind, he's going to... Um, it can be dangerous. So hopefully this will be a new... Uh, he's turned a new corner, hopefully, Bakary Sacco, and we can actually start to see the best of him because I don't think we ever had have. But um, the niggling suspicion for me is he's still only really championship quality. Um, we'll finish there. Uh, a good win, I think, a morale-boosting win. Um, I don't know if it's going to take us much into City, but we'll, we shall certainly see. Um short jingle and then we'll be back with the Man City review. Preview. Review preview. I don't I don't know which one it is. It's a preview. <laughs> 
Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, so the thing I want to look at when we go through this mainly is a mid, the midfield three. Um, Jack, do, it, it all sort of extends to the whole 11 as well. Do, I don't think we really know what our best 11 is. As we were talking about um, in the Huddersfield review there, we were talking about the back four and whether it's our best back four. Gyro Riedervold playing a centre mid last night has just um, complicated our midfield three even more, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was worth noting that he was really good against Huddersfield. Um, I think I'm sure he started off his career when he was, you know, quite young as a uh, midfielder, and then brought back into defence to make sure he had that ability on the ball. But in mid, in you know in him in midfield, we've got someone who can break up play and distribute it quite accurately. He's like a much better version of James McArthur, is probably how I'd describe his game against Huddersfield. So you know, going to these games, City, United, and Chelsea. You know, it could be quite useful to have that kind of um, player in your midfield. And I think, you know, I think he's given Roy um, a lot to think about in that position. So, yeah, Nick, who's in, in your ideal world? Who's your midfield three, Nick? Uh, it's got to be Riedeveld, Loftus Cheek, or Johan. I actually wrote down Jordan Much, Chung Yon Lee, and Bakary Sacco. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but it's actually Riedeveld, Loftus Cheek, and Johan. And I think really it has created, again, I, I sort of agree with what Jack just said. He's. I was disappointed to see him on the bench on read about on the bench on the Saturday, and he's now given the manager a bit of a problem. But he's also demonstrated last night exactly what he can bring to the team. Um, I prefer him in that shielding role in front of the back four, uh, and with Loftus Cheek and Johan. Again, obviously, it depends on who uh, who's playing out on the wings. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one with Loftus Cheek because I think the times we've played him advance either behind the striker well, at the point of the three in the centre of midfield or filling for Zaha effectively I think he's looked a bit poor in the time in the minutes he's spent where he's been a bit deeper Loftus-Cheek I think he's looked a lot more comfortable so um, I'd have Loftus-Cheek alongside Riedeveld just in front of the back four because they both can can be box to box I think we've seen that from Riedeveld in the game against Huddersfield and in the short time that he came on and played centre mid against Burnley I was really impressed with him like really really impressed with yeah. his range of passing the way he breaks play up um, the way he reads the game he, he understands football he really gets football <laughs> and it's quite impressive to watch in someone so young um and he could end up being um, Frank De Boer's legacy, really, if he if he carries on performances like that. In but I don't want to get I don't want to get too carried away. Reading really I think um, for me, Nick, I, I I agree with you there. I think currently that's probably our best midfield three. But um, Jack, you say Reading a better James McArthur. Do you not think James McArthur's games picked up a bit in the last couple of games? It has, yeah. Um, but I just. Well, James McArthur's a grafter. He's a great player. Um, but I think Riedewald has got that that quality that James McArthur doesn't quite possess. You know, he's a, technically a much better player, uh, which is no no disrespect to um, McArthur. But Riedewald is a really good player. Um, and I think as long as Riedewald's playing this well, um, that could be McArthur's place in the team uh, put to one side for a little bit. OK, so we've... With the way with obviously Zaha's out at the moment, so it kind of leaves left wing role as free reign. So it's kind of been the way that Jason Punton's been getting squeezed into the middle. I, I really hate this. I'm saying it every week, but I really hate that I have to talk about Jason Punton not being good enough and needing to be dropped from this team. Um, 
I'm assuming you're saying, Jack, there, that your, your three is Reed of old, Kabai and Loftus-Cheek, like Nick has said. Yeah, I'd, well, it depends how fit Loftus-Cheek is. And it depends if Roy Hodgson's going to go to the Etihad and look to you know keep it really tight, in which case Luca might fill in. So it could yeah. be Reed of old, Luca and um, Kabai playing off the striker. Um, yeah. it, de- it depends if Roy's going to go and keep it tight or if he's going to you know give City a bit of a game. Because Loftus-Cheek, you know, as we said, can you know do that box to box, play that play that kind of role, which you know Luca will try to. But um, he's more of a defensive minded player, and he can you know stop you know players yeah. like De Bruyne, Silver, and stuff getting so much space. Yeah, and um, so who who takes a Zaha role for you, or not role because no one can obviously fill that role in our team, but who takes up his position for you? I'd have I'd have I'd have Schlupp, I'd have Van Hanel, Van Hanel at left back, and then Schlupp um, playing left wing because you know the wingers have to you know do a lot of work coming back and Schlupp can you know he's got some defensive quality about him so he can get up and down the pitch um so I think I think he'll start Nick do you think having that sort of pace down the left flank if we do play Schlupp and Van Arnholt could actually cause City some problems on the break unlikely I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) if I'm honest with you I can't see the only the only thing that we would be able to do if we had him available, uh, it would be uh, Zaha's pace. But clearly, he's, he's not going to be uh, available this weekend. I think it's just a question of damage and limitation this weekend. And and hopefully we come out of it those 90 minutes with no other injuries. Um, it, I think it doesn't matter if you put all three of the left-backs in position. I don't think it'll make an awful lot of difference this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, it is a question of damage limitation. Damage limitations. So, are you suggesting that we just don't bother with Ben Teke and whack another centre back in there? <laughs> Reed Veld and yeah, play them all at the back. Go in, go ten across the back. I mean, uh, we do have fifteen defenders in the twenty-five, don't we? So uh, we could probably do that. <laughs> um, I think he's a bit of a freebie for Roy Hodgson this week, isn't he? He's not not expecting to get anything out of it, which which makes it quite an interesting thing, really. I mean, you could you could go and get some decent odds on her. Palace coming away from there with three points at the weekend. Yeah, I'd imagine that we've got to be higher than ten to one. I haven't checked, um, but <laughs> since we've been in the Premier League, in Premier League matches, we've gone to Manchester eight times, uh, scored zero. That sounds familiar, <laughs> and conceded twenty, which is which is a lot. And if you want to factor in the League Cup as well, um, it's played nine, scored one a solitary Damien Delaney header and conceded 25. Uh, Jack, is there any way, any way it can get better this weekend? Um, no. <laughs> simple, simple as like, there's, there's, there's no beating City. There's anyone who thinks um, that we can get a result at the Etihad um, is probably the most optimistic fan out there. Um, it's, City are in just such scintillating form. Um, it's no, I, I can't. I, I think if we can keep it a low-scoring game, that will be that'll be a good result. And that, that that's you know not not a very nice thing to say about the team that you support, but it's just it's just what it is. And we're gonna have to go um, and try not to get too expected and try not to get um, on players back if it doesn't go well. I've just had a look at the odds, um, and a Crystal Palace win is fourteen to one. So let me just explain that to anyone who doesn't quite understand betting. That means if you put £14 on, um, you'll lose £14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's 
key to keep the game goalless as long as possible um, and hope City shoot themselves in the foot by doing something silly. You know that, that there's always a rick in them at the back. Um, they've got a couple of players that sometimes like to do silly things and get a bit hot-headed and get sent off. I think that's really our only hope in, in this game. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, it's, it's clutching. It's clutching at straws. And I want to be positive after Huddersfield win last night because it was definitely, there was a real good feel-good factor around Sellers Park last night for those that were there, Nick. <clears throat> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but it was, you know, I, I thought the fans were excellent considering there was only 6,600 of them inside. There was They made a bunch of noise, sang all game long. And, you know, Soiree coming on, getting a great reception, Sacco being back. Like, it was a really good feel factor, like feel-good factor. So I feel a bit sad that we obviously have to be negative. But I think... This is probably less us and more that City just look like a unbeatable beast at the moment. Um, but like I say, this um, it was this time last year that they started to wobble. Um, they had a really good start to last year. So um, what we're going to do after, up after the break is uh, we're going to get a City fan, Andy Moore, in to uh, probably just wax lyrical about his... T- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, we are now joined by Manchester City fan, season ticket holder, fanatic Andy Moore. Uh, welcome to the podcast, mate. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me. Thank you. No worries. Um, so, some starts of the season you've had. Um, what, what would you say has been the fundamental difference between sort of the way the back end of last season went and it? You know, you started very well last season, and then it sort of tailed off. Um, what's the what's the difference now? Why has it been so good? I think last season, I think every City fan knows that the well, the the, the back the back end of the side, the the defence wasn't good enough. I mean, we brought in we brought in Claudio Bravo, and my my grandma without her eyesight when she was <laughs> on her last legs could have done better to save half the chances <laughs> that he failed to save. So. I mean, in regards to the defence, it was the full-backs as well. I mean, we all love Zabaleta, no one would have a bad word to say about him, but his legs are clearly... They were they were on the way out anyway, for sure. And and Kolarov, just, he wasn't a defender, he was more of a wing-back and never really knew how to turn back and face the other way. I think fundamentally we've changed the, 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 the back end of the side and we've now got... A, well, we've now got wing-backs who can actually do both going forward and coming back at the same time, so... So for us, that's the obvious one, and, and obviously Edison as well. He's 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 such an upgrade on on Bravo. I think everyone knows we were after Testegen in the summer last summer, and we didn't get him, so we we ended up getting the the backup option on that, which was uh, which was Bravo. Yeah, and um, 
assuming that having the better fullbacks in place means that it's a more comfortable 90 minutes for the likes of John Stones because you're not getting dragged out of position by having to cover those fullbacks that were not not doing the job last season. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I did notice the other week against Liverpool in the first half when, when they had 11 men, they, they did get in behind quite a lot down the right, but that was because Otamendi, he lacks a lot of pace. And if there's any chance for, for Palace on Saturday, they need to try and isolate him as much as they can because uh, he often he often goes roundabout, um, or sorry, I should say walkabout. He, yeah, he's a bit he's a bit naive defensively going forward with the ball, carrying it. He's brilliant. Stones looks better, and for us, obviously, the key is company. If if he's fit, we we are a much better side. But obviously, without him, we've we've scored 15 goals in three games. Well, I say 16 because we've just scored one nil. We're one nil up tonight. So <laughs> there you go. Um... Yeah. You won the opening six games of last season, um, and obviously you, you're going to be six wins <laughs> come Saturday. No, 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 never, no, never say, never say that. I'm 32 years old, so I've seen us, I've seen <laughs> us in all different divisions. So I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not naive enough to think that we're going to beat you lot on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it, can you see City sustaining it this year? Yes, I, I can, and for the for the very reason that we have. Uh, fundamentally, a goalie that can save. We have uh, two two wing backs and Danilo who can play there, and obviously someone like Fabian Delph can play there as well. We've got options that we didn't have last year. We've got legs, and we've got a strike force that could potentially be potent. Well, I say potentially because it is early doors, but could be one of the best strike forces ever seen in the Premier League. Yeah. So. Um... For all of Pep Guardiola's supposed superstar brain and so on, isn't he just playing a four-four-two? <laughs> um, I'd probably say yeah. If you put it on, if you put it down on paper, I would say it's a four-four-two. But the the reality is that Aguero drops a little bit deep and leaves leaves Jesus to to sort of roam anywhere he wants to go, and then Aguero drops into the spaces behind him, which is actually Aguero's best position. But obviously, since since he arrived, he's only had it occasionally where he's played with a, you know, behind the main man like Jacko or someone like that, and and then he took the sort of the full, the full frontal exposure as being the outlet that we that we needed, and and obviously now with Jesus, he's he's sort of taken a, a little bit of a deeper role, which is which is his best position, as uh, as as Q, as QPR found out on the last day of that that famous title win. <laughs> They did. And um, talking of playing deeper, Kevin De Bruyne has moved back down the field a bit. Um, how's he taken to that role? Yeah, he's. I mean, we, we all say that there's, there's the best player we've ever seen is David Silva. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm 32, so I've seen us in all divisions with all sorts of um, Jamie, Jamie Pollock, <laughs> Jamie Pollock, um, Michael <laughs> Michael Brown, who came through our academy, Joey Barton, who who is a good player, but he's obviously just got a, a higher higher esteem of himself than he needs to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, De Bruyne, he's got it all. He's, he's, he's so much better. With, he gets on the ball much more than he does when he was on the wing or playing behind the striker in at Wolfsburg. So, yeah, he's he makes us tick. But him and Silva, they, they cover so much ground, along with Fernandinho. They, what, I mean, you, I've noticed it more this season than last season because I think with the help of the fullbacks as well, as soon as the other team get the ball, it's, it's shut down within about five seconds. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's some of the best. Um, sort of possession football I've seen in, in my lifetime 
Mm, this doesn't sound good, does it, guys? Um, <laughs> so you've highlighted Otamendi as a potential um, area of weakness for us to attack. Uh, is, is there any other ways we could look to pick up results? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, for me, uh, I, I don't know if Nick mentioned this, but I, I work with Hodgson at, at Fulham. I used to do some scouting for Fulham, and um, he, he will certainly get you sorted in terms of how you play, and, and I'm sure you guys will be fine this season, and, and you'll stay up. But for me, obviously, if you can get if you can get the ball up to Ben Teke, but right, I say rather than up to him, actually getting the balls into the box to him, then we, we do lack a bit of height in that. In that central areas of the of the defence, I mean Stones obviously has got a good amount of height on his on his legs, but um, Otamendi's not not the tallest, and Benteke obviously would dominate both of those if the ball's right. So I think, yeah, I think centrally, if you're going to get any joy on Saturday, that would be where I'd imagine it would come from. Okay, so you said you don't want to. Um assume that you're going to win but uh, we always like to end on a prediction with our opposition fans so be kind what's it going to be on Saturday oh you're putting me in a, you're putting me in the corner I don't I, I honestly for, throughout my whole lifetime my dad always asked me at the weekend what's the score going to be and from the age of five I've always said I don't know just as long as we get three points but um, if I'm being brutal I'd probably say I'd probably say I'd take a 3-0. 3-0. Um, I think there might be a lot of Palace fans that would take just a 3-0 as well. <laughs> Andy, yeah, I, thank I you. Mean, yeah, no, no, absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me. And I obviously wish you guys luck on Saturday. All right. You've heard Andy's prediction there, so we'll be back after this short break with ours. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Right, so a 3-0 prediction from Andy there to Man City, obviously. Um, last week, predictions just went horribly. As again, nobody nobody here got it right. Um, Southampton winning 1-0 is not any, anyone's lips. Um, we've had some listener predictions in this week. Palace Glover, he says, 2-1 to Palace. Honest. Um, I don't think he's being honest. 6-1 <laughs> to Palace, Delaney to score all six. Um, yep, there's some seriousness going on here. If he hadn't said 6-1 to Palace and just said 6-1, I would have thought that maybe he was talking own goals. Um, Webbo's gone 4-1 to City after we make the world lull by taking the lead. Um, ooh, Matt CPFC predicts 7-0 minimum. Grant Gillard says 2-1 Palace. It's going to be this year's Chelsea. No? Okay, then 4-0 to City. And Nick Palace H says 1-0 to Palace with punch and grabbing the winner Maradona style. It's a banker. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what odds you can get on that. I would guess that would be circa 100 to 1, which, how does it go again, Jack? <laughs> if you bet £10, you lose £10. That's it, yeah. All bets for this weekend work like that. <laughs> um, the whole radio team, a selection of those. DR has gone for 3-1 to City. Clouds has also gone 3-1 to City after initially going for 6-0. Um Obviously felt a little bit better after the Huddersfield game last night. Samantha, the booker, has gone um, 4-0 to City. And uh, the only person who's not predicted a loss would be Nick Gillard. And he has gone for 2-2. So, Christ, yeah. you got the words out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as he was typing, his keyboard probably froze. <laughs> um, Jack, what's it going to be on Saturday? You can be kind as well. You're not going to be. Um, I've gone for 4-0 I just can't I can't see us stopping them and 
I'm going to be changing my fancy team, putting Aguero in as my captain. I've I may have Jesus as my captain. Um, <laughs> may have. I don't know. I I, I might change it. Um, no, I'm not going to change it. Nick, <laughs> what's the score going to be? Well, I've gone with a two nil loss, and uh, and I, even that, I think I'm being optimistic. Um, yeah, two nil City. Can't see us getting anything out of that one. Two nil City. Um, I've actually I've gone along with you, Jack. I've gone four nil as well, and that that was me being quite positive because I was going to put five or six because it just always seems that that's how many they want to put past us when we go up there and I genuinely hate going up there um I, I feel like a I feel like a plastic when I think about it because I don't I really just don't want to go and I really didn't nearly not go but you know I'm going to keep the faith uh so let's look at a poll the poll on Twitter this week um the options were a miracle a minor miracle, a narrow defeat, or stop, we're already dead. Um, 41% of the people have said stop, we're already dead, so expecting the thrashing this week. And um, 20% of you are clearly deluded going for a Palace win, with 16% a draw and 23% a narrow defeat. So there you have it. You've all spoken. You've all been pretty negative, but I think that's okay this week. Um, Right now, we have a message from the review show. So over to you, Hambo. Hi, Terence. It's uh, it's Chris from the preview. Sh- oh no, no, I've got it wrong. I'm in the review show. You did a preview show. Uh, this week we've got Steve Parrish on the show. Who've you got? Have you got another l- bunch of your mates from Twitter or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I think you're pretty special, didn't you? Didn't you? What you got? Nothing. Uh, ain't got me. Yeah, I got. I got Joe. Have you? No. Uh, anyway, uh, those of you listening to this, uh, listening to Terence's preview show, I'm sure once again he's done a magnificent job um, writing it for you and you thoroughly enjoyed it. Make sure you also join us on the review show live on a Sunday from 8pm and download the podcast and subscribe and all of that stuff as well. Just get involved and, you know, all that. Oh, go to Facebook as well. Search face- search Facebook for Homestay Radio chat and discussion and join that group. We'll let you in. You have to ask, but we will let you in and help us shape the shows for the future. Cheers all. Bye. Sniff me, fam. Right. Um, <laughs> so that was that was Hambo there um, lording Steve Parrish over us. Um, I have no friends from Twitter this week. Um, we do have Jack Watson Sports, who is um, <laughs> the new Ben. Uh, what more could you want? He worked at, how many newspapers do you write for now, mate? Um, just the oh. two at the moment. <laughs> and um, we've obviously got the... Uh, the most divisive whole radio man in the world. Um, he hasn't caused a Twitter storm for a while or a social media meltdown, but, um, you know, uh, they, they can't be one too far behind, can they, Nick? It's on its way. Not long enough, <laughs> one comes along and another one comes along very shortly after it. Right, um, that's all we've got for this week. So um, thanks to Andy Moore for joining us. Um I'm very interested about him saying he's uh, previously been a scout for Roy Hodgson. So I think I'll get one of my mates back on to talk to him about that. <laughs> there you go, Hambo. It's, it's, a, it's all a friendly loving over here. And um, thank you to everyone who contacted the show this week with your predictions and various other bits and bobs. Um, we will be back from 10pm next Wednesday with the Manchester United preview show. God, it doesn't get any easier, does it? Until then... Up the palace.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.